Thanks for joining us at Reveal, a Jesus-centered community. To learn more about us and what's going on, check us out on the web at www.revealvineyard.com. We hope in the minutes to come, you're able to find God, find others, and find yourself. Thanks again for listening. Well, we're going to start by looking at one of my favorite passages in Scripture. It is Romans 8, 28. We're going to go ahead and put it on the screen there, where it says, And we know that God causes all things to work together for good. Now, Scripture tells us that not all things are good. And Scripture also tells us that God is not the author of those things that are not good. But what Scripture does repeatedly tell us is that God is able to counter whatever comes against you and is able to bring about his good out of it. In other words, here's a translation that I like for this passage. What Scripture is telling us is that nothing can keep God's good intentions from you. Now let that settle on you. Nothing can keep God's good intentions from you. That God has the ability to counter whatever evil, whatever circumstance, whatever person throws against you. That God has the ability to counter that and nothing will stand between you and God's good intentions for you. What God declares over you will come on time, every time, and as advertised. That's good, good news for us. Now, as much as we love this passage, there's a second part of this verse that often goes unnoticed. And so uh, I want us to, to read the rest of that. And we know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God and those who are called according to his purpose. Two words I want to draw your attention to. Those who are called and to his purpose. Called and purpose is what we're going to be talking about for the next six weeks. You need to understand something. Regardless of who you are today, regardless of where you've been, who you've been with, regardless of what yesterday or last week or last year looked like, understand this. God is calling you at this moment. God is calling you. His, his, his voice is going out and he's calling you. Now, if called is your reality, then purpose is your destination. God is calling you out of something and he's calling you into something. He's calling you out of whatever life you've created and he's calling you into a better existence, his purpose for you, called and purpose. These two words, they, they, they work together, called and purpose. He's calling all of us at this moment right now, and he's calling us into his purpose. God is calling you out, calling you forward, calling you into something better, something with weight and substance and something of value. Why on earth am I here? Well, this is what we're going to explore the next six weeks. Why am I alive? What am I supposed to be doing for the rest of my life? Romans 8 gives us a little clue on this idea of called and purpose. Have you ever missed an important phone call because you let it go to voicemail? And then you're the type of person that never checks your voicemail. Any of, the, any of those people? I'm one of those people. Uh, let me give you a confession of a senior pastor. Um, phone calls stress me out. 
when I'm busy and life is crazy and I am kind of just trying to keep my head above water, phone calls to me represent a distraction and a rabbit trail and pulling me in another direction. And so I'm a little famous for letting phone calls go to voicemail and then I always forget to check my voicemail. Now as bad as phone calls are, the unexpected pop-in is even worse. Uh, I know for some of you, the doorbell represents a a pleasant surprise at who might be at the other side of the door. But for my family, the unexpected pop-in, no exaggeration, when when the doorbell rings, my family will freeze and will look at each other and it's like, don't breathe because they might go away. You think I'm exaggerating. I'm not exaggerating. We don't have a doorbell camera where we're like, well, who's there? Check it. We don't care who you are. It could be Ed McMahon with a publisher's clearinghouse check, right, for a million. It doesn't matter. We, unexpected pop-ins is just not our thing. And some of you are like, let's do an unexpected pop-in right now, all right? Uh, if you do it, no one will come to the door. I promise you. I promise you. All right, where was I? Phone calls. Have you ever let a call, missed a call because you let it go to voicemail? Here's a tip for you. If God calls you, don't let it go to voicemail. If God calls you, I would suggest that you pick it up on the first ring. Because the reality of of it is this, is that you are being called. At this moment, God is calling you to something greater, something of weight and value and substance and something that is eternal. And so really the question that I want to ask us this morning is will you pick up the phone? Because God is calling. The entire Bible is just one big story of God calling ordinary messed up people right? Let's face it. He called Abraham to be the father of a nation. He called Moses to lead his people out of bondage. He called Nehemiah to build a wall. He called people like Isaiah and Jeremiah and Joel and Daniel and Hosea to be prophets. He called David and Solomon to be kings. He called such women as uh, Deborah and Esther and Elizabeth. And uh, he called uh, Peter and Paul. He called Peter, Paul, and Mary and Puff the Magic Dragon. He called all of them together. If you got that, you are way too old. But... (laughs) That's what God does, right? Throughout all of history, God's call has gone forth, calling people to his purpose, and now his calling rests on who? Guess. You. Me. It rests upon us. And the call of God, I love 2 Chronicles 16, that says, the eyes of the Lord move to and fro throughout the earth that he may strongly support those whose hearts are completely his. This call is going out, and he's waiting for a heart to say yes. He's waiting for a heart to pick up the phone and say yes. So we're going to unpack this today. Just kind of an overview of where we're going with the series. Um, kind of give you uh, some things that you need to know regarding God's call and why you are here. We'll kind of kind of take a 30,000 uh, foot view of this and then in the weeks to come we're going to unpack specific things regarding your purpose. But let's pray as we continue. Lord, I'm excited about what it is that we're about to study and what it is that you have for us because we are answering the most important question we can ask. What on earth am I here for? Why am I alive? Why do I draw breath? Why does life continue? And I'm asking that you would reveal to us. Some of us, you need to kind of rekindle that vision. For some of us, we've lost it. Life has kind of picked us up and has taken us to a place we don't want to be. And so we're inviting you back in to rekindle that vision, rekindle the answer to that question. 
And for some of us, we've never answered that question. And today, I pray, Holy Spirit, would be the day that you would call them to yourself. Call them to yourself. We invite you. Do something spectacular, not just today, but over the next six weeks in our church body. And that means that you do something spectacular in us as individuals because we collectively make up this body called Reveal Church. We invite you, Holy Spirit, be with us even through our offering as we worship you through our giving, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, some things I want to just kind of draw your attention to. First thing is this, is understand that my calling is a gift from God. What do I mean by a gift from God? God is calling you to himself to be part of his plan, to be part of his purpose, but you don't earn that call. I don't even deserve that call, right? We don't, we don't earn it. We don't deserve it. We just sang about it here. It's just because of the love of God that is poured out upon us. The call of God is, is a gift of God's grace. When God created me, when God created you, he called us, and that is by his grace. Look at Galatians 1.6, just the last part of it, where, where Paul says, who called you by the grace of Christ. You're going to see that word often. Can you go to that next slide? You'll see that word often, this idea of the grace of Christ. Do we not have that, Esther? We don't? Someone's being fired. I will fire myself after this. <laughs> Who called you by the grace of Christ. What is grace? Grace is undeserved kindness. All right? Think of it this way. That grace is, that, is when God uh, gives you what you need instead of what you deserve. Anyone grateful that God does not give us what we deserve? And so this idea that the call of God, the called into the purpose of God, is nothing that we earn, it's nothing that we deserve, it is simply just the grace of God giving us what we need and not what we deserve. Grace is the fact that God knows every dumb mistake that we've ever made. Grace is the fact that God knows every time we've wandered into darkness. Grace is the fact that God knows when we went left, when we should have been right, should have gone right, and yet God still calls us to himself. The call of God, it cannot be earned. It will never be earned. It can just be received as a gift. Here's the second thing I want you to understand about your calling, is that I am called to the purpose of God. We read that just a little bit ago. The key to understanding life, now catch this, right, because this is life-changing. The key to understanding life is that God did not create you for you. Now, I know that's difficult for some of us to hear, but God did not create you for you. God created you for himself. And if you understand that, you are well on your way to answering the question, what on earth am I here for? Until you understand that, life's really never going to make sense. Because you're going to be bored and frustrated and have all kinds of difficulty because you don't understand that, that you were made by God and for God. That's a remarkable statement when you think about it. We're going to unpack that in the weeks to come. But that God created you for himself. And that has to be understood. You know, our vision here at the church is simple. It's find God, find others, find yourself. And that find yourself is really beginning to discover how God created you and what God is calling you to. 
In other words, that, that we stop living by someone else's agenda and someone else's plan and someone else's purpose for our lives, and instead we step into God's purpose for our lives, that we find out how and why God created us. Find yourself. That's really just a, an easier way to add to, uh, of the question, what on earth am I here for? Why does God sustain my life? What is my life all about? And so this idea is critical. You have a calling on your life that is unique to who you are. Look at Ephesians 2.10. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus. Now other, other passages I like better use, use the word masterpiece. For we are his masterpiece created in Christ Jesus for good works which God prepared before him that we should walk in him. That Greek word is, is the word that we get the word poem from or poetry from. It literally is saying that you are God's poem. That you are God's handcrafted work of art, that you are a sculpture of the divine artist, God himself. Now, I know many of us, we would say, well, I don't feel much like a masterpiece, right? I'm bruised and I'm torn and life has given me some lumps and bumps. But interesting thing about art is that the value of art is largely tied to its creator. Let me show you this image here. This fine piece of art uh, is known as number 19, 1948 by the famous Jackson Pollock uh, and uh, for some whatever reason, it's coming out kind of uh, black and white there. It's a lot, lot of black and gray tones anyways. There's a little bit of maroon uh, in there. And I look at this painting, which was done during his drip period, is, if you're an uh, art connoisseur, uh, where he was experiencing, uh, experimenting with various emotions that could be drawn out of drips and splatters of paint. Now, if I'm honest with myself, I could probably do this uh, in my garage this afternoon, right? That image to the right is just kind of a blown-up image of the original. Uh, but Jackson Pollock does it because art is largely tied to the artiste. Jackson Pollock did it, and in 2013, this number 19, 1948, sold for over $58 million. Anyone want to take up art? Apparently, Pollock can sneeze on a canvas and his snot will sell for a couple million. But here's the interesting thing about art. Art is tied to the artist that created it. Are you with me? Because that's really nothing all that spectacular. I mean, hey, we've looked at art that's like, wow, that's moving and that's stirring. That doesn't do much for me. Now, for some, maybe it does, right? Doesn't look like it takes much training, doesn't take like, look like it took much thought, but $58 million because of who it's tied to. Now think of your own life. Who is the artist that created you? See, the reason why Scripture calls you a masterpiece is not because of who I am, but because of the artist that created me. And I have value and worth beyond myself because who I am tied to. Scripture makes it clear that the creation of humanity was God's finest work. And then God recreated us again in Jesus Christ, right? He redeemed us and he renewed us in Christ. That, that, that's, that's what this is talking about uh, here, that we are created in Christ. This idea that, that God not only created us once, but then he recreated us again in Jesus, removing the sharp edges, removing the sin, right? Bringing us into a righteousness that is not our own. And the reason scripture says you are a masterpiece is because who you are connected with. 
And the masterpiece that you are, please listen, the masterpiece that you are is revealed over time as you step into, answer the call, and you step into the purpose that God has for your life. That is what sanctification is all about. Sanctification is a big word just for meaning being called out of where we were and being called into something else. That's what sanctification is, is God is continuing to unveil his art that is you, that is me. It's a beautiful, a beautiful picture. Ephesians 2.10, we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works. You are a masterpiece of God. Let me give you another one. God's call was upon you before you were born. Look at Jeremiah 1.5. I love this passage. It says, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. God's called and uniquely shaped each one of us before we were even born. In other words, you are custom made. Just turn to the person next to you and say, you're a piece of work. Now be careful how you say it. Because if you say, you're a piece of work, that means I'm totally different, right? Right? But you are custom made. Before I formed you in the womb, I already knew you. What does that mean? It means, it means that you're not an accident. It means that you may have been an accident in your parents' eyes. But you're not an accident in the eyes of God. Right? That he formed you. And, and, and there's, there's some imagery behind this passage that is not just that God knew about you, but that God intimately knew you. That in a time and space before you were ever conceived, that God already knew us. Now, you're like, well, how does that happen? Well, it's very simple. Something known as string theory. Now, I don't know how it happens, <laughs> right? But let God be God. And so this idea that, you know, and I would not be surprised that if God knew us before we were even us, right? And so there's some beauty in this of God's creation and God knitting together and God forming us that that you were in God's care even while you were in the womb. See, this is the problem that we have with abortion is because it's not just a blob or a fetus in the mother. It's a being that God already knows. It's a baby that God is already crafting and God already is calling into his purpose. You were called by God even before you were born. Here, look look at this one. I like this one. My sins and mistakes don't change my call. Now, this is good news for those of us who are screw-ups. That my past is my past, but my past does not determine my future. That's good news. That my past, we have one, but my past does not determine my future. Listen to something very important. Throughout Scripture, God has demonstrated the fact that he's willing to work past our past. Just pick up any character in the Bible and you will see where God was willing to put the past behind. If we would pick up and answer the call and say yes. This is why God sent prophet after prophet to the people saying, hey, God's willing to put the past behind you if you'll just pick up the phone. God has always demonstrated that he's willing to put our past behind us. That's the beauty of Jesus. That's the beauty of the cross, that God does not hold our sins or our dark periods of life or our past against us. A great example 
is the Apostle Paul. Many of you know that Paul uh, wrote probably about a third of the New Testament. Um, uh, but Paul wasn't always this great hero of faith. Paul was actually a religious terrorist. And he would drag Christians out of their homes into public areas, into public venues, and he would either have them arrested, he would beat them, or at times he would have them murdered. This is the guy that wrote a third of the New Testament and had a radical conversion experience where he became a follower of Jesus. But notice what Paul writes about himself. Remember, my my sins do not uh, change God's call. Listen, Listen to what he said. I thank Christ Jesus, our Lord, who has given me strength to do his work and considered me trustworthy and appointed me to serve him. Now, I want us to catch this this little two words there. Even though I used to blaspheme the name of Christ, in my insolence, I persecuted his people, but God had mercy on me because I did it in ignorance and unbelief. Those two words, even though. Do, Do you have an even though testimony? See, if you're a follower of Jesus, you have an even though testimony. Your even though testimony sounds something like this, that God pursued me even though I had a history. That's your even though testimony. Your even though testimony is that God's call remained constant upon me even though I wandered into some dark places. That the faithfulness of God continued to rest upon me even though I was not following him. That you are now declared a son and a daughter of God even though at one time you rejected him as father. That is your even though testimony. And Paul kind of says, look, 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 look. Even though I used to blaspheme the name of Christ, even though I've done things that I'm ashamed of, God still came through. Look as he continues to say it, verse 12. He says, I thank Christ Jesus, our Lord, who has given me strength to do his work, and he considered me, here's, here, here, here's, here's a word, trustworthy. Here's a guy that would be anything but trustworthy, right? And he appointed me to serve him. If you have a past, congratulations. You are worthy to be used by God. This is what Paul is, is saying. That you are qualified, if you have a past, you are qualified to be used by God because of Christ Jesus. Verse 13, he says, even though I used to blaspheme the name of Christ in insolence, I persecuted his people, but God, now this is just the, the, the same thing of him saying even though, but God had what? What did he have? God had mercy. Hey, listen, you need an even though story or you need a but God story, but one way or another, you need one of them. Right? That, that I, was, I was wrapped in my sin, but God did not hold it against me. That I have some past years that I'm not proud of, but God came through for me. Here's what Paul is saying. He's saying, look, I've done a lot of dumb stuff in my life. I've done a lot of things that I'm not proud of. I've done a lot of things that I'm embarrassed to talk about. But God did what God always does. He showed mercy. I'm going to say that again because some of you slept through the best part of that sermon. God did what God always does. He showed mercy. Some of you still aren't getting it. Listen, if you're here and you don't need mercy, you're in the wrong church. You need to go to one of those churches that have it all together. I don't know where they're at, but you can find one. This church needs mercy. 
because this pastor needs mercy. And what God is saying, what Paul is saying is that I've done a lot of things that I'm ashamed of, but God is who God is and God stepped in when I didn't deserve it, when I couldn't earn it, and he gave me not what I deserve, he gave me what I need, and what I need is mercy. That is the power of God, the God that we serve. Paul's past did not change God's future for him because nothing, nothing can stand between you and God's good intentions for you. Here's more good news. Not only do your sins not disqualify you, but the sins that others have committed against you do not disqualify you. And that's good news. Because some of us have had people betray us, who've been unfaithful to us, maybe someone abused you, none of these things were part of God's plan, and yet God steps in and says, no matter what might have happened, it does not change your value, it does not change your worth, it does not change your calling, you are still a masterpiece of my creation. You contain, think of this, uh, uh, Paul talks about this, that we contain the treasure of heaven within us. He says that we contain the treasure within us in these, in these jars of clay, in the, in, in the cracks, in the broken fragmented pieces, that the light, the treasure within us, shines out of us. Allow the light of the treasure of Jesus that is in you to shine out to tell the world that I did not repair myself. I did not redeem myself. I did not restore myself. We allow the light of Jesus to shine out to let the world know that Jesus is alive and he is merciful. And so we allow the light of Christ to shine through us even in our brokenness. You contain the treasure of the kingdom. Jesus is in you. Here's another thought. My calling is connected to others. What does this mean? It, it, it means that you cannot fulfill your purpose in a life lived alone. Now, calling and community go together. And I know in this self-made culture, in this go-it-alone society, nobody likes to hear that. But Scripture is really clear that God created us in a way that we need to be connected with one another. Scripture gives the illustration of the human body where it says that parts of the body are worthless unless they're connected to the rest of the body. And so take the eye, for example, which is an incredible gift uh, uh, and and, and, a miracle of God, really, of God's creation. But the eye, separated from the body, is just a squishy marble. It's good for nothing, right? What good is the eye separated from the body? What good is the ear separate from the body? The eye can't do what the eye was created to do if the eye is out of the socket. The ear can't do what the purpose of the ear was meant to do if the ear is removed from the body. And so scripture gives this huge metaphor, this illustration that it builds, that really we cannot be who we're meant to be when we are separate from the body. And if you don't know, Scripture calls the church the body of Christ. And so it says that you must be connected with the body. It's true for each of us that we must be joined to the body in order for us to step into the fullness of what God has for us. And let me just say this. I, have, I hate to say never, but I can't think of any 
in way too many years of following Jesus. I'm getting old. I've, I've never seen someone who was able to step around this idea and isolate themselves and be a healthy believer in Jesus Christ. There's just always something off because they're not sowing into others and others are not sowing into them. And so th- this, is, this is key for us. And so how do we connect? Well, your best chance to connect is happening right now. We have uh, 16 groups that are taking place throughout the week, all different types of groups that you can invest in. If you need uh, a, a group with childcare, we have groups with childcare that meet here on Tuesday nights. Two at 6.30, two at 7. If you need a family group, we have a family group too. If you need a young adult group, we got a young adult group that will meet after our second service in the youth room. If you need a plus 50 group, we have a 50s group. If you need a mom's group, we got a mom's group. If you need a group of all Dallas Cowboy fans, we will never have that group. Never. Now listen, we've held a group back for you procrastinators. For you late bloomers, I'm talking to myself at this point, right? And so all of our groups launched last week, meaning uh, they've started the reading schedule, the majority of them have, which is only like three or four pages uh, a day. Matter of fact, I'm already getting emails of people saying how fantastic this little read uh, has been for them. And so uh, uh, those, those groups have already started reading. And so we're, we're launching a group this Thursday for those of you that have not gotten in on the ground floor of a group, Daniel and Kiona Arianas will lead it Thursday at 6.30 here at the church. If you want to join a group, and I strongly suggest you invest in yourself, you need to see me afterwards so you can grab a book so you can start the reading tomorrow. Three or four pages a day, we read it together, show up on Thursday, go to the group. There's a DVD that goes with it. We have a study guide that, will, that you'll have, and the message on so All of it's going to work together answering the question, what on earth am I here for? I am really pleased how our groups went last week. Now, some of you signed up for a group. You did good on the sign-up. You were just, you, were just, you, didn't, you didn't meet the show-up part. Sign-up, mm, you were solid show up you were a little weak on <laughs> all right so here's your choices you can uh get a book from us if you're still going to join your group this week you can make up the reading really fast some of you you know maybe the thursday group at 6 30 is the option for you uh, but I- i'm i am as strong as i can push you i'm suggesting that you get involved in a group right now if you are unable to get involved in a group because you have mobility issues or health issues or something like that, then I have a DVD for you as well uh, so that you can participate on your own. Don't come to me and say, I I just, I like to sit at home and catch up on The Bachelor. I'm not giving you a DVD for that one, all right? But if, I don't even know if The Bachelor's running right now, but uh, if, if, um, if you can't get to a group and there's, you know, reasons for it, I have a DVD for you. I'd be glad to give it to you, and you can follow along uh, with us in that. But this is your best opportunity for you to connect, is right now to connect with the body. Now, let me say this. Yes, I know that the meeting on Thursday, this late group we're launching, I know it's on Valentine's Day. And some of you are like, oh, it's the day of love and the day of romance. And can I be honest with you as your pastor? For, for several of us, for the majority of us, the best thing you can do for your relationship is to pursue Jesus together. Amen. I'm just being honest with you. 
right? Bring your box of chocolates to the group and feed them to each other. I'm all right with that. After the group, play seven minutes in heaven in the janitor's closet. I'm all right with that. There's a lot of things in there you can get freaky with. I'm just saying. All right, listen. You need to move out of rows and you need to move into circles. And so Valentine's Day, bring the romance to group. All right, I'll let Daniel and Keona know. Maybe a little odd that first day. Just kind of roll with it. All right? Seriously, though, some of the, the best thing you can do is pursue Jesus together. I can't believe I just said there's things in there to get freaky with. All right, moving right along. You, <laughs> where were we? All right, here. I have a scripture for you to get us back on track. You cannot fulfill your purpose in life uh, uh, by yourself. Look at Hebrews 3, where it says, Brothers and sisters, you are holy partners in a heavenly calling. I love that. Holy partners in a heavenly calling, meaning we're in this together. We're stronger together. We're a better team when we're joined with one another. And faith is a journey. Yes, it's individual, but faith is also the journey of a community. Faith is is best when it's shared. When my faith is weak and your faith inspires me, that's powerful, right? When I am hopeless and your hope inspires me because you've been through what I've been through, that's powerful. And so scripture repeatedly, repeatedly hints at this idea that we need one another. Here's my last one. Whatever God calls you to do, he will empower you to do it. In other words, if God gives you an assignment for your life, he's going to equip you and empower you to do that assignment. Here's how it works. Once I realize that God has a call, and God is calling all of us, and we'll unpack that more in the weeks to come. Once I realize that God has a call, then my responsibility is to commit myself to God's calling on my life and to say something to the effect of, God, whatever time I have left on this earth, I want to use it to fulfill your purposes, right? I want to be called according to your purpose. Whether I have a week, a month, years, decades, whatever that looks like, I want to use the time that I have to be called into your purpose. And when we do this, God commits his resources to allow us to step into his call and his purpose for us. Let me just drop Ephesians 4, 1 on you. Lead a life worthy of your calling. There, I mean, we see this all over. For you have been called by God. We see this idea of being called and calling over and over and over again. And that's why we're here to unpack this. 1 Thessalonians 5 says, The one who called you is faithful and he will do it. There it is again. What God calls you to, he is faithful to bring you into it, right? This is Philippians 1, 6, that he who began the good work in you will continue to perfect it until the day of Christ Jesus. Earlier I said, if God calls, don't let it go to voicemail. And the truth is, is that God has already been calling you and is calling you today. At this very moment, the phone has been ringing since your conception where God has been calling you himself. And the question that I have for all of us is, are you going to pick up the phone? Are you willing to say yes? And some of us, we need to pick up the phone today and say, I'm going to begin to discover and develop and live out the life that you created me for. And that starts by surrendering yourself to Jesus. That starts by turning the control of your life over 
to Jesus. It starts by saying that God did not create me for me, but God created me for himself. It starts by allowing Jesus to begin to recreate and bring out the masterpiece within you. And so will you answer that call? The Bible says what stains us is this idea of sin, and sin is simply missing the mark of God's perfection. And we all have sin issues. We've all sinned. We've all missed the mark. We've all gotten carried away. And, and the purpose of Jesus stepping into earth uh, was to do away with our sin problem. You see, Jesus didn't come to earth to die for junk. The Holy Spirit doesn't reside in junk. And so the purpose of Jesus coming was to redeem the greatest part of God's creation, and that's you. That's the beauty of the cross, of Jesus taking our sins upon himself. The beauty of the resurrection is Jesus overcoming the penalty of sin, which is death. And so today, I leave you with this. Are you willing to answer the call? Pray with me for a moment. I just want you to sit in silence because some of you, maybe you have never answered the call of God. And I'm 100% confident that God is calling you right now. And you may be having flashes in your mind of things throughout life where you're like, yeah, that was God calling me, that was God calling me. And if you're ready to answer that call, if you're ready to submit your life to Jesus, if you're ready to have your sins washed clean. Just would ask everyone saying an attitude of prayer, but if you're ready, just raise your hand up. I'm not going to ask you to come to the front. I just want to acknowledge that you're saying you're ready. Amen. Yes. 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 Amen to you as well. Fantastic. About 10, 11 of you raised your hand. And you are making the best decision of your life because you start, have started on the journey to discover what on earth you are here for. Just join me in this simple prayer. Jesus, I embrace your call upon my life. And my first step is to embrace you as Lord. And I would ask that you would come and wash away the stains of my wrongdoing. And that you would cleanse me. And that you would begin a work in me to bring out the masterpiece that you have created me to be. For I am the artwork of God. I yield myself to you today and say that my days moving forward will be spent following you. And whatever time you have given me, I will discover and live out the call that you have placed on my life. And for those of you that raised your hand and just acknowledged that simple prayer, God says that all of heaven rejoices at this moment because you have returned to your creator. And God is rejoicing with you. 
And however this church can help you in your journey, I will give whatever resources we can to help you on the journey that God has for you. Church, how do you feel about those who raised their hands today? That is good news. Now listen, those of you that raised your hand, I got good news. At the end of this journey, we're going to do a big baptism celebration that I'm looking forward to. Uh, I'll explain more of that coming up, but I would love to have an opportunity to play a part in that uh, decision that you made to baptize you. It's kind of the way of expressing your faith to uh, the, the community of God. We'll talk more about that in the near future. If you're a guest, I'd love to meet you. If you want to join that Thursday group, you need to pick up a book over here. I'll be happy to give you one. 6.30 Thursday. If you need prayer, we'll have somebody up here that will pray for you. God bless you guys. I hope you are here Thursday. Join your group and enjoy the week.